KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, October 31st. Another Navy corruption scheme centered in San Diego. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. There's a high wind advisory in place for the county's mountains and valleys through today. Gusts up to 55 miles per hour are expected. The strong wind and low relative humidity are creating critical fire weather conditions. SDG&E has activated its emergency operations center because of the high winds and says public safety power shutoffs could take place if conditions warrant. We're just one week away from the 2023 special election. The special runoff election for District 4 will fill the vacant county supervisor seat, and the city of Chula Vista is electing a city attorney to fill the remainder of the current term. Voters who live in the Fallbrook Public Utility District and Rainbow Municipal Water District will vote on a ballot measure. There are currently 12 vote centers where you can cast your ballot early, they're open daily from 8 in the morning until 5 p.m. You can also send in your ballot by mail or drop it off at one of the registrar's official ballot drop boxes. For more information, head to our voter hub at kpbs.org elections. Some of you may be heading out to trick-or-treat tonight with your kiddos, so we wanted to remind you of some safety tips courtesy of healthychildren.org. Always accompany young children and have older kids and teens travel in groups. Stay on well-lit streets and always use the sidewalk and have your kiddos wait to eat their treats until after you check them. And if you're staying in to pass out candy like me, make sure to restrain your doggies so they don't jump on or bite trick-or-treaters. It's also suggested that you look for anything that visitors may trip over and remove it ahead of time. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me. For more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Federal prosecutors say they've unraveled another Navy corruption scheme centered in San Diego after a civilian employee pled guilty to bribery last week. Military reporter Andrew Dyer has more. From 2016 to 2019, Naval Information Warfare Systems Command employee Donnell Parker helped steer lucrative defense contracts in exchange for thousands of dollars in expensive meals at restaurants in San Diego and Washington, D.C. Court records say Parker allowed contractors to write government documents during the contract award process while giving them glowing performance reviews resulting in more contracts worth millions. Prosecutors say both Parker and her supervisor at San Diego's NAVWAR were in on the scheme with at least two defense contractors. Her boss isn't named in court documents and is described only as a co-conspirator. In addition to expensive meals, Parker's boss allegedly also received World Series and Super Bowl tickets from the CEO of one of the unnamed contractors. The San Diego U.S. Attorney's Office declined to say whether anyone else has been charged. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. 
A few major transit centers may soon look quite different in North County. Reporter Jacob Ayers says that includes Escondido, where a mixed-use redevelopment agreement was recently approved by the North County Transit District Board of Directors. An exclusive negotiation agreement to plan the redevelopment of the Escondido Transit Center is moving forward. The proposed plan features apartments, retail stores, offices, and other commercial uses, which is rather different than it looks now. Chris Orlando is Chief Planning and Communications Officer with North County Transit District. The site here at Escondido will include uh, approximately 528 uh, housing units, 15% of which will be affordable. Escondido is one of 11 Sprinter and Coaster train stations throughout North County where the district is pursuing mixed-use developments. Construction for the Escondido property could begin in 2026. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. It's been nearly a year since California voters passed a measure to guarantee arts and music funding in public schools. Education reporter M.G. Perez tells us about some of what that funding's accomplished so far. This mantra is the message students receive every time they meet for Miss Moni's dance and theater class at Webster Elementary, where there is plenty of bouncing and dancing and learning going on. The first thing you see a baby do before they even walk is bounce. Okay, so round one. Miss Moni is Monica Harris, a veteran dancer, theater producer, teacher, and performing artist with San Diego Unified's visual and performing arts program known as VAPA. Her student, eight-year-old Jade Robles, has found her groove. I like dances because it gets me really exercised. Then every day I dance, I guess we more excited. Harris went from a VAPA substitute to regular teacher in 2019 with sporadic visits to classrooms. Now she is poised to teach more than 700 students at three different campuses this school year. Like other VAPA teachers, her schedule in each classroom is going from once a month to once a week in some cases. Thanks to the voters of California, who overwhelmingly approved Proposition 28 last November, guaranteeing arts education funding for every public school district in the state. Monica Harris takes that as a vote of confidence for her talent and teaching. What they said to me and to us as an artistic community is what you have, we want you to pass this to our children so that the legacy of the arts, music, dance, theater, painting, film, all of these things gets passed on to our children so we have another generation of artists. When you mix yellow and blue, you get green. At Encanto Elementary, Prop 28 Money is making visual art more accessible to students, more often and with more resources. They need to learn how to navigate all of the visual elements that our world throws at them continuously. Heather Gaunt was a language arts teacher for 15 years, but painting is her passion, so she transitioned to the VAPA program, which now has funding for new iPads, so every student can create visual art with a digital paintbrush that can lead to artwork you hang on the wall, cultivating a natural tendency to be creative. 
I think early on, if it's not fostered and allowed to have a space within which to just experiment and not, you know, not have a right and wrong, then it can be squelched. Before Prop 28, Gaunt was teaching just one art session per classroom every five weeks at Encanto. Eventually, these students will have art class every week. There's a visual arts vibe at school now that seven-year-old Isabella Tejas is enjoying drawing with her new iPad. Because I love snowmans because it never snows in California, so I'd like to make some snowmans out of some stuff. Are you an artist, Isabella? Uh, yeah, I like to. I like to do like some art and some crafts. The expected $1 billion allocated each year in the state budget by Prop 28 is guaranteed and cannot be used for anything but arts education. Russ Sperling is the director of San Diego Unified's VAPA program. The arts do a lot for mental health, do a lot, of, a lot for well-being. They center us. They give students that opportunity to connect in different ways. In Miss Moni's class, the dancing has turned into acting. There is also hope that an infusion of arts will lead to brighter futures with many more possibilities. All right, here we go. And see. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Tomorrow we continue our coverage of the Prop 28 rollout with more on how funding is helping students with special needs. Coming up. Our KPBS Cinema Junkie is joined by a special guest with some movie suggestions for Halloween. We'll have that and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. KPBS is exploring public art in the area in an ongoing series. Reporter Katie Heisen visited a La Jolla mural set to be the first public display of a nearly lost language. The mural's yellow mountains and purple sky pop off the white wall of a Jersey Mike's in La Jolla, on land stolen from the Kumeyaay. Miwa Natoa Gail Werner. I am Gail Werner, the artist says in the Kupa language. Werner descends from three of the county's native tribes, Kupa or Cupeño, Luiseño, and Kumeyaay. She drew inspiration from her hikes in the Anza Borrego Desert. I feel that I'm walking where my ancestors walked because they had been there for thousands of years. Birds span the panels, representing the migration of the Koopa people. Werner says her mother and the three generations before her were forcibly relocated to the Pala Reservation. She painted the mural to celebrate the land they lost. It's titled in Koopa. Mukikbalem, Sutlem, Chumtamakia birds, stars, our lands. It's the first public display of the language, Werner says, a language that colonizers tried to stamp out. Werner estimates the Koopa tribe never numbered more than a thousand. Now, passersby in La Jolla are gifted with glimpses of their culture. 
Basket designs weave through the mural's background and through the stars, believed to be Koopa relatives. Werner hopes the mural sends a message. The Koopa people are still here. Katie Heisen, KPBS News. It's Halloween. That means trick-or-treating costumes and spooky movies. So we decided to call upon our film critics for some spooky recommendations. Cinema junkie Beth Halcomando and MovieWala's Yazdi Pithavala give us their top Halloween picks. But first, this message from Silver Shamrock. Yazdi and I decided to come up with a list of films for you to watch on Halloween night. As usual, our biggest challenge is narrowing down our selection to just a few titles. I decided that for my picks, I would only recommend films that actually take place on Halloween. Otherwise, the pool of films was just too big. But Yazdi, did you use any parameters to limit your choices? I, Beth, did not want to pick the usual go-to horror films, the obvious scary films that everyone goes to, and just go with some unusual picks. To start with, you picked a recent Indian horror film. And before you tell us the title, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about the horror genre in India, because it feels like to me that every country kind of has a unique flavor to their horror. If you think about South Korean films, they make you care deeply about the characters and then do horrific things to them. Uh, Italian horror tends to be kind of operatic and very stylish. So do you think there's anything special about Indian horror? Indian horror since the 60s and 70s was a very popular genre, subgenre of films in India. And there were the famous Ramsey brothers, which made, they had a factory house of horror films. They would churn out very popular uh, because, you know, the movie showed a little bit of skin. They were also a little bit of, little bit scary. And, you know, the midnight audience would lap up those films. But I really like the resurgence of horror, which has happened in the last five to 10 years in Indian cinema. And these are filmmakers who are really steeping their films completely within Indian folklore and using Indian mythology and, you know, demons and gods and those kinds of things to kind of ground their films. And I really, I think that adds so much more flavor to those films, uh, especially to Western audiences who may not be familiar with a lot of the Indian mythology when it comes to horror. All right, I haven't seen this one, but I did watch the trailer, which looked fabulous. So tell us what this first pick is. So my first pick is a movie called Tumbad, which is uh, screening on Amazon Prime. And uh, this film takes Indian folklore and blends it with horror so effortlessly to create something entirely unique. The premise of the movie is that there is an evil being which is trapped in the womb of a goddess who watches over an abandoned mansion and protects a treasure that no one can get to for fear of their life. Until a child who has grown up under the terror of that creature grows up to figure out how to get at that treasure. The film is shot in constantly rainy, muddy tones and it's frankly a marvel of cinematography. It taps into the theme of the deadly price of human greed. But it does it with remarkable finesse. I mean, this is just a very good looking movie to watch. It's a visual treat to see and one that effectively manages to scare as well. Is it hauntingly beautiful 
or is it beautifully haunting? You decide. And my first pick also has some haunting beauty and children in it. And it's the 2016 Australian film called Boys in the Trees by Nicholas Verso. And I know there are a lot of popular and well-known films that are set on Halloween, but I did, like you, want to try and find some titles that are not as commonly recommended for a Halloween viewing. So I love finding something new, and I found this coming-of-age film dressed up in the tropes of a horror movie. So it's set on Halloween night with all the trappings of a horror film. Tis the night, the night of the grave's delight, and the warlocks are at their play. Ye think that without the wild wind shout, but no, it is they, it is they. And what I love about this film is how all the familiar Halloween scares of ghosts and werewolves turn out to be metaphors for much scarier real-world horrors like bullying or betrayal or just someone's loss of their dreams. So there are no jump scares or gory kills, but there's lots of Halloween atmosphere and a really beautiful visual style. Sometimes it might be a bit too on the nose with the analogies, but I really love the care and craft of this film. Mm. This reminds me, Beth, of one of my favorite films, which didn't make uh, our list here, but Pan's Labyrinth by uh, Guillermo del Toro, which also deals with a little girl who is kind of trying to deal with the gruesome things happening in the real world by virtue of the imaginary one that she concocts in her head. And since we're speaking of craft, your next pick is also one of my favorite movies, and this is Bone Tomahawk. So why did you want to recommend this film? Uh, Beth, I have you to thank for actually introducing me to this film, and I remember championing it pretty strong when it was first released. I love this movie because it pulls off the most deft fusion of genres, It seems for the most part to be a sturdy Western about a sheriff who enlists a posse of men to go save three people who are abducted by what seems at first a Native American tribe. And it is only when we find out more about the nature of this tribe that we realize the film's true horror ambitions. You know who did this? There's only one group that hunts with these. Who? They don't have a name. kind of tribe doesn't have a name? One that doesn't have a language, cave dwellers. You know where they are? I have a general idea. You'll take us to them? I won't. Because you're an Indian? Because I don't want to get killed. You're afraid of your own kind? They're not my kind. They're a spoiled bloodline of inbred animals who rape and eat their own mothers. This is a cannibalistic tribe of troglodytes who will spare no mercy to get what they want. The film is thrillingly paced and gruesome and cruel, I believe this one deserves its place on the list of films with relentless terror. And I am going to close out our picks with a very well-known franchise, but I am going to go to a much maligned entry. I am going to suggest Halloween, but it's going to be Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. And this is the only Halloween film that does not feature Michael Myers. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Happy, 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 happy,
that song and that commercial from the film is like an earworm that gets stuck in your head. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill had the idea that maybe Halloween could be an anthology in which the holiday of Halloween was the anchor and the constant factor rather than one of the characters. So the film bombed and many still hate it, but I think it's a really fun horror flick perfect for Halloween night. It involves a witchy plot to sell Halloween masks that will kill the wearer on Halloween night. And it has the great Tom Atkins in it. And I will gladly take this Halloween over any of the Rob Zombie or David Gordon Green ones. And plus, I just love how that theme song gets stuck in your head. I mean, the first one is timeless. I mean, I, I, would, I could go back and watch that any number of times. That was Moviewala's Yazdi Pethavala speaking with KPBS cinema junkie Beth Alcomando about their suggestions for what to watch tonight. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening. We hope you have a safe and happy Halloween. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.